Is this a metal thing? Yes. A little, a little taste. David. David. David, what is this? It's pretty thick. Hey, I got to tell you, Bryce, I got to tell you, I'm very nervous about this episode. Very yeah. nervous. It could be a horrible, horrible failure. I'm, I have so much energy pent up and surrounding this that I yelled at and, um, and, uh, and ostracized my whole family oh. leading up to this. And now you're in the garage. It's true. It's yeah. true. We are we are for the first time recording uh se- separated by great distance. Mm-hmm. Because you're Cuz I'm a island boy and I've been trying to make Oh, I'm a island boy. Yes, I moved bus and bus. I'm moved. Yeah, I moved to an island. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm an island boy. So, yeah, I mean, we'll 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 talk about this a little more. Let's get through the intro and and uh, okay. give a little mo- more context in a minute. But yeah, horror movie talk. We review horror movies. It's just like right there in the title. Um, if you are new to the show, you should go to our website, horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all of our past episodes, all our social media, all the things that we would want you to know about. Um, we start off every show giving a brief synopsis and review for the movie and then give a score on a scale of one to 10. And then we get into spoilers after we give you a fair warning that we're getting into spoilers. So today, um, after kind of a bumpy couple, uh, scheduling blips, we're going to cover new release orphan first kill. That's right. Boy, you perfect. You all, Buckle up for this wonderful treat <laughs> of a good, good movie. Yes. So um, we got me, David, and also on the line is Fart Simpson. We'll be doing drops. Um, Lovely to be back. Thanks, guys, for having me back. Um, so for this episode, we'll we'll review Orphan First Kill, and then we've also got some bits. Perennial favorite taglines, and we'll be checking our voicemail for horror movie horrors. I have no idea when this is coming out. Hey, don't Um, take all my, don't take all my, um, voicemail calls. I have that for tomorrow's recording as well. Okay. There's a Um, lot of them. There are. Okay. So again, we streamed orphan first kill. You can find it on paramount plus, and it made me feel the opposite of being de-aged here is the trailer. What is he doing here? We found your daughter. She's alive. Be prepared for changes. We have a child therapist that she'll be working with. Four years is a long time. What she needs right now is our family. Mister? Sweetheart, it's mommy. 
Welcome home, Esther. We left it just as it was. It's lovely to be back. I miss my family very much. Our goal here is helping Esther acclimate back into life within the family unit. Sorry. I think something's going on with Esther. Is there anything you want to tell me about your time away? How is that possible? Four years ago, she was still drawing stick figures. Esther's behavior has been so erratic. Hello, Mommy. Thank you, Mommy. I know, Mommy. I did notice some inconsistencies. <clears throat> what are you getting at? To me, it felt like a performance. God, that trailer was terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Still doesn't do the movie justice. Hmm. Um. Okay, Fart Simpson, be sure to... Um, okay, you got it. Oh, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> so, Orphan First Kill can be found in theaters and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's in a couple theaters now. It's only been out for like a couple weeks, but I can only find it in theaters that are like 20 miles away from me um so orphan first kill is a prequel to 2009's orphan that started that starred then 10 year old isabel Furman, now a fully grown adult woman she is reprising her role as esther a 30 something year old psychopathic proportional dwarf posing as an eight to nine year old girl does do- <laughs> If it sounds goofy and stupid, like just that first sentence was just such a mouthful. <laughs> right. Uh, um, in this film, we're shown how Esther escapes an Estonian mental facility and poses as an American family's lost daughter. As time goes on, the family has more questions about Esther and Esther has more questions about the family. Hijinks ensue. Esther? Um, this is not a good movie, uh, but it's not a bad movie. It's meh. It's the, the film equivalent of plain oatmeal. It's like, it's filling. I know, mommy. It's, it's hearty. Whatever. You're not going to feel excited about it. Um, the film was directed by William Brent Bell, who directed The Boy and The Boy 2. Who, who's, who is that? Which I guess he's got... He's got a thing about yeah. Who is this guy? Little kids in horror yeah. movies. That's his specialty. Um, which is interesting because the 
the through line from what I understand, I, ha- I still haven't seen Orphan, but the through line between Orphan and Orphan First Kill uh, makes sense. And it actually fills in some of the gaps that Orphan didn't fill. And the opposite is true of the boy and the boy too, because it's <laughs> boy two creates a lot of problems and he's the one I'm pretty sure he wrote and directed it. So anyways, so that should set your expectations squarely in the meh cinematic universe. Um, the MCU is what I, what I call that Tra- It's trademarked. Um, I do applaud the plotting of the film. It unlocks the puzzle of how to reuse a one use premise. The premise of a 30 year old posing as an eight year old that's evil is not something that you can do with the same character more than once you would think, but aha, it doesn't, (laughs) it reuses that idea in a new premise. That's not a complete copy of the first one, I guess. Here's the elephant in the room. Isabella Furman is not 10 years old anymore. She's not a kid. No matter the amount of camera angles and the de-aging they use, she still looks like a full-grown woman. She is a grown woman. (laughs) It doesn't detract from the film nearly as much as you would expect, but it is a bizarre choice nonetheless. Would you film a Home Alone prequel with fully grown Macaulay Culkin? Like, would you go through the effort of being like, no, we need Macaulay and like use Hobbit angles and like post his face over a, a child act or something like that. Like it's a weird amount of effort to put into someone that looks nothing like the first movie, you know? Uh, but it's surprising at how it's surprising at how little it, <laughs> it detracts. Like it's, they do it well enough to where it's not ridiculous, but it's obvious that she's a woman. It's like those, that artist, David, the, do you remember the artist in that Reddit thread that couldn't draw children that they all look like <laughs> adult faces? Yeah. Little kid yeah, bodies. Of um, so um, the, the saving grace of the film is the twist around the middle of the film. It does add an interesting dynamic and saves it from being a true rehash. But overall, you get what you what you expect. A little psychopath that kills a lot of people. Um, if that's your if that's your bag, might as well see this one. Score I give it is five out of ten. I'm pretty impressed that you gave this thing a five out of ten. Um, I gotta say, um, you know, I your criticism is a lot of what I have about this, which is like, okay, so we're supposed okay. So what's my problem is what's the scary element here? Like what's, what's the thing we're supposed to be scared of? And the movie's like, well, it's a kid and kids are creepy and it's, and then immediately it just throws that out the door. Now it's not a kid. It's a 35 year old girl who looks like a kid. And you're like, okay, so we have a 35-year-old woman the size of a child? And the movie's like, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're like, that's nuts. That's like the le- that's you've you've taken and castrated the scariness from the child. It's an adult. And then you've made it the least scary version of adult, 
an adult, a tiny adult. And it's like, <laughs> it's like th- there's nothing ominous or threatening about this girl other than the fact that she's malicious, I guess. It's like, yeah, but scary people are scary. And it's like, well, I guess, but she's so tiny. I could handle that. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, if Chucky, um, if Chucky wasn't uh, being possessed by a psychopathic serial killer, well, the, I I don't know. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be scared of in this movie. It's there's nothing scary about it, and as a result, it's just a bunch of bells and whistles and lights, and I, it just feels so castrated and dumb. I it irritated me. It stinks. Yeah, it irritated me a lot. I I give this one a three out of ten just because I was like, I don't know what they're trying to do, or who's going to be scared by this or who even wants this. But weirdly enough, I've seen a decent amount of amateur reviewers, um, which we are, uh, give this a decent um, review. So I, I don't know. Maybe are we so out of touch? <laughs> no, it's the children who are wrong. Um, right. I, Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I think there's it's uniquely creepy in that it's the small child trope of like, okay, you got like the good son, you got Chucky, you got like these these little people that are evil that can do you harm because you're not expecting it and they got little knives that they can use. Um but with the with a full grown adult mind that's intentionally uh gaslighting you or intentionally conning you um so that's it has that element i mean it's it's basically child's play like that's that's what it is it's like it's a doll with the mind of a psychopath you're certainly not the little girl i once knew they were really counting on the audience not remembering the good son (laughs) (laughs) that's a great movie um i mean i found the scariest thing is that i was attracted to the child (laughs) <laughs> full grown a woman's face. I'm like, oh no, I'm terrified. Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is an actual thing. There's actually like a TLC yeah. show of like this full grown woman that looks like an eight year old. Um, like this form of dwarfism exists. Um, that I mean, but still, <laughs> still they do look like a pretty haggard child. So, I mean, (laughs) from, from a distance, you could be forgiven to think like, Oh, that's a child. But if you get up close, you're like, wow, that child's got a lot of crow's feet, you know, but this is, I mean, it's a thing, um, which is interesting. I, I pulled a clip from, from the show, which was probably one of the most interesting aspects that I, they could probably make an entire show out of. My romantic life kind of sucks. I think I've dated, like, seven people. I attract creeps. Um, (laughs) You know, like the typical, like, quote-unquote, bad boy picture kind of situation. And idiots. My last relationship had ended specifically because he didn't want to go out, like, to a restaurant with me or just go out and take a walk with me. And those are the kind of things that I look for as red flags. What the fuck? Yeah, I think 
the interesting thing is they bleeped. I'm pretty sure the word they bleeped out was pedophiles, which is an interesting thing to take out because it's like, yeah, you you have a full grown woman that looks like an eight year old, and you've got like, you know, pedophiles do exist, and I'm like, finally, the loophole I've been looking for all my life. <laughs> but imagine being a woman that's only the only people attracted to you are is like just a horde of pedophiles. Oh, <laughs> you know, the other thing about this that's pretty interesting. I don't know if either of you remember this a couple of years ago. Um, something like this hit um, something exactly like this movie, like the plot of this movie, minus the weird twist. Um, it was actually reported on like this like almost verbatim, like this, this little gal from, I don't know, some Eastern Bloc country right, um, who right. appeared to be a child <laughs> got adopted by some family in like Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. they thought they had a little kid and she was like, I have to take my medicine or else. You know, <laughs> Welcome home, Esther. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, this story actually happened. I'm not sure if it was the inspiration for the first film or not, but yeah, that story happened and the lady was crazy. Like, yeah, she was like an actual danger to the family. I think the one that I heard, like, they just basically abandoned their house and are like, fuck it. Like, you can, <laughs> you can just destroy our house. And they just ran away from her. So, like when you find that one spider that's just way too big, and you just light it on fire and walk away. Right, right. Like arachnophobia. All right, so let's do our mid roll. If you're listening to commercials, or if you just listen to commercials, you should know that you don't have to. If you go on our Patreon and sign up at the appropriate tier, you'll find um, this episode and many episodes before it uh, without ads. And you can uh, get access to episodes early just as soon as we finish editing them. And sometimes they'll sit in the wings for weeks, so you'll have more episodes than everyone else. You can be your own little, have your dragon's den of, of or your dragon's horde of HMT. You can also go to our website at horrormovietalk.com slash shop to buy our logo tees or stickers and whatnot if you want to uh give us a call and leave us a voicemail uh call 682-253-4468 and uh is there a notification showing up in the audio yeah my slack hi ben um so thanks again for listening And let's get into spoilers. Thank you, Mommy. So, yeah. It starts out in Estonia. And I was confused because the movie's titled Orphan. And I just assumed that it started in an orphanage. But it didn't. It was an insane. What did it start or something? It that was, wasn't an orphanage. No, it was like some kind of asylum or some kind of hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah. My apology. It's been over a week since I watched this, so I'm not going to be. Su- I'm not going to be super fresh on it. So 
um, we're, we're shown this place and like the first person we see is this art therapy instructor that I guess the thing we're supposed to take away is that she taught Esther art maybe, but we only see her for like a couple minutes before she's murdered. I like painting. Yes, but that comes, comes back later in the film because oh man, this is this is the other thing about it is it's just it's all over the place. You're like, whoa, so what? So she likes art, and she, you know, I don't know. I guess it's their best attempt to make things relevant and tight. Like these are like just I don't know how how is this a big budget movie? Like I don't know. I is but then again, they did the same kind of thing with Malignant. And people fucking loved that movie. And I was like, how <laughs> how do people enjoy this? This is so bad. This, they, they break every rule of good filmmaking and just kind of like throw out this really bland, blase thing where it's like, well, yeah, but you know, you know, they said earlier in the movie she likes doing art. So now she's doing art. And it's like, who cares? They make it interesting. It's incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like trying to tie in stuff from the first movie and explain it. And for the most part, it works. It's fine. Um, but yeah, this, this opening is kind of hokey. It's like very, like, um, it's pretty over the top because they, (laughs) they make it a point of like saying that Lena is the most dangerous, dangerous patient before you see her. And then all of a sudden in this mental hospital, I guess. Um, and probably just the fact that it's in Estonia is probably the reason, but they go on like red alert, like lights off red lights, like woo, woo, woo. Like it looks like you're, you've, you're on a submarine now. And (laughs) for some reason they've like, (laughs) it's the darkest, like, um, mental hospital in the, in the world. It's one of those things where it's like you can tell you're in Mexico in a in a TV or in a TV show or a movie because it's yellow. It's like I feel like you can tell you're in a uh, a Soviet um, country if everything's like very cold and dirty and like concrete and dark. Right. What do they call it? What do they call that version of of art? Bar. It's like a- oh, brutalism brutalism (laughs) not art but architecture yeah yeah Yeah, so that big big scary dingy brutalist vibe it's got it's got um very very big spooky house syndrome like this it's the type of like lighting and decoration that only exists in horror movies that like there's no effort made to make it look livable or inviting to the characters that are supposed to be normal um, or have a normal work environment. Um, (laughs) One of my texts that I sent you while I was watching this, David was, I think the lighting budget on this film must equal about $200 because they're just used whatever source lighting they had in, in the shot. And like throughout the whole movie, like there's not a well lit well, I mean, it's, in my opinion, not a well-lit scene in, in the whole movie, just because they're trying to maintain this real darkness throughout. Yeah, 
yeah, and it's just another sign of. I completely agree. There's there's this thing that you know poorly made movies do where they just they get st- stuck on something, right? They're like they use the shorthand. Yeah, and it's like the dark is scary, and it's like okay, well, but we need to see your movie. Like, yeah, Aliens versus Predators Requiem is you can't see any of it. Like, it doesn't. It's not scarier because it's dark. It's unwatchable because it's dark. I've got a pretty cheap, like uh, Chinese LED TV, and the um, what's it called? The black balance or whatever. Or like the the dynamic contrast on it is very very low, and it is not bright at all. So these movies, I can literally see like just smudges of shapes when it's like nighttime scenes, um, if there's any light from outside whatsoever. So this is one of those that that was kind of an issue. Um, so we talked about before proportional dwarfism proportional dwarfism but there is one uh janitor in this mental hospital that really likes little girl looking women apparently because we're shown dimitri and he gets her address and uh i wrote down as a note dimitri equals gullible pedo (laughs) i wonder i wonder about how gullible the normal pedo is you know, pretty fucking gullible from from what I gather. Yeah, if you see any of those like pedo hunter like YouTube videos, like they are not. Well, at least the ones that get caught by these guys, they are not bright, and they're like, "Oh no!" I do. You, I think. I think I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. I think. It, first of all, I think it's okay for us to be making bold faced assertions and assumptions about pedos. And, uh, so it's the one, it's the one that's still safe. Like, right. Like you, you can straight up hate, you can straight up hate, like talk, talk evil about pedophiles. Barely though, because there's, there's a subsection of people who, who will defend them and be like, they are, there's a movement. Yeah. They are child attracted or something like that. Minor attracted (laughs) individuals. But. Right, but I but so going down this this line of reasoning here that I'm that I am this gullible pedo reasoning, I think it may have to do with the fact that most pedos were molested as kids and that froze them roughly there. You know, it, a part of them is still at that you know eight year old age where yeah. Uncle Tom you know was just a little too forceful or a lot too forceful. And so th- now they're kind of sexually like stuck in that spot. So I think I've cracked a code and you know, we all can thank me. <laughs> I've heard the one where they say we develop our attraction to the other um, in that age between 10, some people earlier to 12 or 13. So then they say, that's why you're attracted. Cause that's when it first gets embedded. But that's bullshit. First off, that that one didn't fly with me, but I've heard that one be used with these uh, people that try to defend pedophiles. And um, yeah, the uh, the other uh, the thing with the molestation, I think you're more spot on with that. That's uh, what thing the, the trauma. Uh, the people that might have gotten molested young, you're imprinting shit in their head. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're like sponges during that age, and um, 
that could be something. But yeah, we're on a, a pretty fucked up. That is beyond fucked up. Yeah. The, <laughs> Mark Norman has a great joke about this. He's like, talks about how like, it's just a bullet dodge for like everyone. Like, you know, no one is in control of like what they're attracted to. It's like, like when I was, when I was a 13 year old, I was attracted to 13 year olds. Now I'm an adult and I'm attracted to adults. And when I was 13 year old, I like macaroni and cheese. And now I like fettuccine Alfredo, but I still like macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Whoa, that was so close. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like, yeah, I mean, all it would take is like just maintaining that attraction. And like, that is, I mean, you're exposed to it like right after you graduate high school and you're 18 and like 18 to 20. And all of a sudden it's like, uh, I still find 16 year olds really attractive, but that is like the most evil thing you could do. You know, because <laughs> it's not okay. Freako. Like I could be married to someone, you know, four years younger than me now. And now. Be like, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Like, yeah, 30, 36 year old, like whatever. But if you're a 20 year old dating a 16 year old, like obviously that's a different dynamic. But also yeah, now like, you're on now you're on a list when, for life when you're talking about like physical attraction, like. Yeah, they look pretty close to the people your age at that point, you know. Are we still talking about proportional dwarfism? I don't know. I don't know. Proportional dwarfism. <laughs> so it also goes, and just to play the other side, most of my female friends love them. A good old 19-year-old hairless man. Some of the, the MILFs that I'm friends with that are single, they tell me the stories of how they find these little young twinks at the uh, at the bars. So listen, that as a 42-year-old woman wanting to fuck a 19-year-old little hairless guy, I don't know, man. Deformed freak. I mean, I, it's the same it's the exact same impulse as some, you know, 45-year-old dude hitting on some, you know, 20-year-old girl 20, in yeah. the bar. Yeah, it's the same thing, which I mean, is it great? I don't know. I mean, you know, we're not supposed to judge, so I just can't judge. You know, I just, whatever. It's just, pedos are bad. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I have to gauge my reaction now. I have to gauge my reaction now off of my wife of like, oh, that 40 year old's dating this 25 year old. How disgusting is that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, what's up? dude. I'm like, but also, I, I get it. You know, I, I still get it, <laughs> you know, who the fuck. I mean, listen, when was the last time you conversated with a 20 year old with me teaching? I have to fucking interact with them. There is nothing being in my forties that I have in common with a fucking 20 year old. That's all. So when I hear these old dudes banging young chicks, I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? TikTok? I could talk about TikTok. <laughs> Just throw that puss on my face. And we'll talk about TikTok. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All right. I feel like I'm digging my own grave right now. Just to be clear, I do not like little children. I just want to make sure that it's well established that <laughs> yeah. I do not like yeah. uh, anyone younger than 18. Hell yeah. Or anyone anyone younger than 30, for that matter, because that's right where it ends being appropriate. In our uh, in one of our recent releases of, uh, of our review of Get Out, 
you uh, you said some pretty racy things in there. And, uh, you know, anybody uh, I'll cut that up and then I'll cut this up and we'll have we'll have Bryce saying some pretty just insane things. So I'm just saying <laughs> great. More for my arsenal. Yeah. Now, I've interacted with some Estonians living in Belgium. Oh. She played a terrible Estonian. Not to be a nitpicker, but her Estonian accent was fucking garbage. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like a Russian accent. Well, here's the thing. What, what there aren't Estonians that need work? I mean, come on. Why go through all this, you know, back to Bryce's point, why go to all this um, effort to make sure this adult woman looks like a little kid when you could just get a little kid from Estonia, pay them a, you know, or, you me? or a proportion, proportional dwarf, you know, <laughs> proportional dwarfism, <laughs> not in my neighborhood, you got Keep on walking. <laughs> I pulled that one from the Get Out episode because that one was. I feel like that that'll be reusable. Do it again. Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> you gotta keep on walking. Anyways, walking. Um, you can always tell it's an older white guy if they use the H with the W. Yeah. So welcome home, Master. She escapes and then she like. Um, hatches a scheme to pose as this family's lost daughter because um, she's like looking through all like the milk cartons or whatever <laughs> or like the online postings of missing children and she's like got a mirror up to her face she's like hmm that one this one no this one no this one no I, I still keep looking like a full grown woman this sucks <laughs> and then she lands on <laughs> Esther and it's like uh close enough and uh goes and and turns herself in as as this um as this missing child and the family immediately buys it you're like and there's actually a lot of like true crime around this where this is not a unique story in like a con artist posing as the long lost um family member that returns even with specifically like with foreign accents, the family's like, huh, well, I guess you lived in Russia for long enough to get a very, very, very strong accent. And you've kind of forgot English, even though you went missing at eight. Welcome back. You're certainly not the little girl I once knew. So I'm so this part now going back through this, this part confuses me pretty tremendously because the whole okay. Uh, I'm so I'm going to let you continue walking us through this story to get to that middle twist because right. I have so many questions right now where this whole family of a son and a mom and a dad go, welcome back. We thought you mm -hmm. were dead or something. Thank mm -hmm. you for coming back to us, little girl who we lost a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. Welcome home, mister. Mm -hmm. um, so... There's there's a couple I can't remember the the documentaries that talk about it. There's one called I think Imposter that talks about this. Um, there's like a movie by wasn't there an Angelina Jolie movie that was about this? They're like, hey, this is Salt. your this is your yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Mister and Mrs. Smith. Um, 
so anyways, it, this actually does happen. So uh, it is, it was believable to me. Um, and then you go through like the, the regular beats of like, Oh, you miss, you misnamed the parrot or like, that's, you said this was this parrot. And when obviously it's not because that one was not all fucking parrots are macaws. <laughs> yeah. And, or like, Oh, you know how to proficiently play piano for some reason. So, you know, if you're a rational person, you're like, okay, so my daughter was abducted for a year in like a sex trafficking ring. We're assuming cause she can't talk about the trauma, but at the same time they got her in piano lessons right away. Like they're like, you're going to be a sex slave and you're going to be playing Chopin. So get to it. She's probably tired from all that piano playing. A rational person could be like, mm, something's wrong here. But all those things, all those like questions as like, it goes through these beats of like, Oh, she made a slip up. Oh, she feels stupid because she didn't know that person's name or whatever. That's all explained at the midpoint because the twist is that the mother and the son already know that Esther or, or that Lena is posing as Esther and isn't really Esther because they killed Esther. But a mother protects her family no matter what. To be specific, the son killed Esther on vague accident. This is America. And then the mom helped cover it up. Yeah, so they covered it up and, and told the father that she just ran away and disappeared. And so they were going along with it because they're like, great, I guess no one's going to look for the body now. Um, so they're, it, was, it behooved them to continue uh, the lie. Um, okay. But then it was revealed like that they knew. And they're like, okay, well, now that we all know where we're coming from, like... Now you're our little bitch. <laughs> you know, the mother and right. the son are like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, kill us? And then she kills them. Um, but yeah, it, it, that was that was an interesting twist. And that is the one dynamic that's added to the premise that's not in the original movie, which is like, oh yeah, the not only is the little, the little person... I believe is what they preferred to be called evil, but also the family is evil. So it makes it kind of interesting. It was a very weird twist. Uh, But, but I will say that when the twist happened midway, I like at that point I was anemic. I was just like, uh, what? Oh, is there? Oh, there's 45 minutes left. (laughs) And then, And then, and then the twist, (laughs) and I was like, oh, thank God, there's something interesting happening. And I was kind of, it was kind of delightful. I can't remember the name of this actress, uh, Julia Stiles. Um, When she showed up, I was like, oh, it's uh, the 10 things I hate about you. Where'd you go? I missed you. And then this movie just kind of just threw me into it it was just i expected something from julia styles and just got nothing surprise 
I'm not your daughter. I'm a mutant grifter. <laughs> <laughs> she did have, they did give her some pretty good lines. Yeah. Um, but the, but so let me get this straight. You're a grown ass woman. But the real saving grace of the movie is the twist. Um, but it only, it only saves it so much. Like your attention then just drops right back off because it's, uh, you know, then it's like bad guy against bad guy. And you're like, who am I rooting for? And why do I care? I don't know. Like, did you feel that way at all, Bryce, where you're just like, what's the point now? Like who cares who wins? Um, I mean, I think it was actually very similar, um, to your reaction, which was, I was on kind of uh, attention life support by about midway. And then the twist is like, Oh, okay. They're trying something like now, like now you've got a modicum of my attention. Like, whereas you had, you were, you were losing all of it a minute ago. Um, what was I supposed to do? Uh, Julie styles, like, I don't know what it is about her but she just bothers me like she's one of those actors that's like it just bother i think maybe what it is is like she's the one she she's the one actress out of everyone that i can think has a punchable face you know you know you know the guy there's so many actors (laughs) that you're like that guy's got a real punchable face you got like ansel elgort (laughs) You got like all these all these people that you're like, God damn, I wish I could just punch that Timothy Chalamet right in the gob. And like I can't think Go of, fuck yourself. I can't think of any other actress other than Julia Stiles that I kind of feel that way. Just like I just Wonderful. <laughs> that's really mean, Bryce. That's really <laughs> that's pretty brutal. You're talking about punching her in the face. Because she has a punchable face, like the old uh stepbrothers joke when he's like looking at his face. I don't know what it is about your face, but I just wanna <laughs> just wanna put one of these right in your suck hole. Yeah. I mean you can't control it. It's like you can't control who you're attracted to. You can't control who you want to punch in the face. Some people just that. just beg it for it. That fucking Benedict cucumber patch. Um, so I had a, I had a theory about this and we were talking about it about a week ago when we were act, had actually watched this movie. And, um, I, I would like to propose that, um, the reason you don't like Julia Stiles is that you, you, she's like, she's a girl who, you know, wants nothing to do with you specifically. <laughs> Well, no, I don't I don't think so because that that would be all women. And no. Like no, I this one more than all the rest though. You know where she's just like extra doesn't care about your life at all, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. Like there's something about she's always in a ponytail. I'm like goddamn, I just want to Grab that ponytail and just wail on her face. That stupid oh, punchable wow. face. You know, who'd have thought that that you'd be the one that gets horror movie talk canceled in this way? Punching women, <laughs> claiming yeah, not dude. to like little kids. Uh, well, yeah. I mean You animal. What can I say? You know, sometimes you can't you can't control it over who you want to punch again. Like no, the heart true. wants what it wants. Yeah. Um, and 
the other thing I think might be it is like the low voice. It's like the Elizabeth Holmes, like feels artificially low. Mm. You know, I don't know. I think it's just a register. Don't do that. Don't go into your head. I need you to be present. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty annoying. Okay, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's maybe it's just the enunciation. She enunciates a lot. I'm like, God damn it. Um so so there's a there's kind of a let's see here. Okay, we're done we're done with the twist and you have here digitally de-aged. Um they actually went in and digitally de-aged it. Yeah, I mean if you look at pictures of of um what's her name? Furman. What's her first name? Uh Isabel Furman. Like she is I mean, she looks like a you know, an adult. She's got you know a face that has seen age. And they do good enough to like take out all the blemishes and make it like a really small, you know, looking face that's like has no crow's feet or whatever. But also, it looks like still looks like a full grown woman. It's not like yeah. de aging to the point where it's not Benjamin Button. It's like no, um, <laughs> just making someone look, you know, taking taking a couple years off their face or whatever. So, and they got creepy with it, right? They got creepy. She was uh, she was like um, kind of hitting on the dad or some shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't there like some point where like. She had to, I'm going to go upstairs and fuck, uh, what is it? Well, Julia Stiles says, like, I'm going to go and go up and fuck my husband because she knew that. Uh, that's right. Dude, that scene was crazy. Check this really quick. I actually, that spot was, did, do you remember this scene when, when she does say that, but, but listen. I'm going to go upstairs and fuck my husband. You're coming? Yeah, of course I'm coming. Mommy takes care of everything. And what about Esther? Nothing would make me happier. Wonderful. <laughs> My dress is ruined. That is beyond fucked up. <laughs> I don't that was a dark turn in the movie. I don't remember that scene, but I love the... <laughs> <laughs> well, he came. You know, that's what yeah. it sounds like. Uh, um, oh man, that is that's hilarious. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> Despicable. My romantic life kind of sucks. I think I've dated. Um, <laughs> Thank you, mommy. So here's the thing: um, it it captures your attention with the twist, and like it kind of ups the stakes of like, okay, well now let's see where this goes because it adds an interesting dynamic other than just like a little person that's a psychopath. Um, there's lots of psychopaths in this movie, but they go so far (laughs) into mustache twirling territory. It's like, I expected the mom and son to like tie Esther up and put her on train tracks at, you know, I thought that's where the movie was going to go. It's like, okay. Which I mean, to be fair, it kind of does end up going there, borrowing the whole ending from the good son. It's been a while, but I assume the good son gets away. 
Um, uh, no, he dies. Yeah, no, the good son dies. She, she lets go yeah, on a bridge, right? Well, no, Macaulay Culkin is the good son and the good son. Um, no. Oh. No, the, he's seen as the good son by the parents because they think he's good. And Elijah oh. Wood is trying to convince them that he's a psychopath. And they're like, no, he's good. She's a psychopath living in our fucking house. All I'm saying is that um, the, the, the the full final you know scene of the good son was stolen whole cloth by this movie for the final scene of this movie um where you got the two kids hanging over the cliff and um and in this case it's the um is it the the husband and the, and the daughter is it, it's not the son cuz she kills the son right so yep right here <laughs> that's that's gunner's death <laughs> So the whole, like the exact premise of the, of the big reveal on the good son is the big reveal in orphan first kill with the fire, with the mom holding on to the two people, you know, the, or no, with the girl, was it, was it the little girl on the, on the roof holding the mom? It's been a week and I don't. Uh, it's been a week and I, I don't remember the, the ending and I don't trust David to remember this correctly. No, you're either. right. No, 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 you're right. It's the dad holding it's the dad holding the little girl and the mom, right? That's it. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And then Esther says, Alan, I love you. And then Alan says, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> that is the best fucking line in the movie, man. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Who is she? That's the dad. That's Alan. So they're on the fire, and then she says, Alan, I love you. And then he uh, immediately responds, Who the fuck are you? You monster. Alan. And then she sa- he says, Who are you? And she says, Chompa Chompa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good Chompa Chompa. Holy fuck. So yeah, they they end it with like you know the big the big ending. Everyone dies except Esther, and it's just, <laughs> David, you were a fireman, uh, kind of. Like, yeah, not this kind, but yeah. She was not in a super hurry to leave a burning building. She was like sitting at like the uh, vanity and like brushing her hair and like wiping off the blood. Meanwhile, like all the walls are on fire and conveniently the stairs aren't as she's walking down them. Yeah. And she's not like coughing and turning, turning blue and yeah. right. There's no smoke ever. Um, right. Her hair is perfectly quaffed. Right. Not, not on fire. <laughs> right. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. So anyways, it, it ends. I think the one thing that's really missing from this movie that would have made it like, a 10 out of 10 for me is if they used like the little patter feet sound effect whenever she was running around, <laughs> just like Chucky. It's like, yeah. Ooh, good call. Good call. That shit was the scariest watching it as a kid. That's really what stuck with me with child's play. Mm. Uh, anyways, that's orphan first kill should be. Um, oh wait, I don't want to use that. Cause I think I might've written that down as tagline. Never mind. So, who would you recommend Norman Hill to? Fuck. Fuck!
No. No, I I would not recommend that. I'm impressed that you gave this a five. Um, and I do want to I want to I want to hear what you have to say about that. Not I'm not like grilling you or anything about it. I'm just interested to hear your take on it. Um, it was really competent. I mean, I thought it was like interesting the story and like it there wasn't anything really distracting i didn't feel strongly either way i didn't feel strongly that i enjoyed it or that i disliked it and that's usually where fives end up this is one of those where it's like right right in the zone of like the prodigy of just like very forgettable movies actually this is probably less forgettable than some of the other movies I've given a five just because of the premise. Yeah. Uh, it uh, to for it to be less than a five for me, there has to be something that actually bothers me that like makes me angry that I watch it. And there's nothing there's nothing that I'm bothered by in the movie. And I wasn't insulted by it, but I just didn't care about it. It's impressive how um how notable the prodigy is for how forgettable we claim it is <laughs> because on paper it is the most forgettable movie but like i mean we've reviewed so many fives you know like fantasy island and the turning and you know like the turning was one that got a low score for me because it actually bothered me but yeah i think five i think prodigy was the first five because it was like wow this is like I f- do not feel strongly one way or the other. You know, it's like the first that it's like so perfectly mediocre that it's notable. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, this one did bother me. Uh, I would say it did. It really did. Uh, did irk me quite a bit. But anywho, <laughs> well, yeah, I wouldn't recommend anyone see this unless you have Paramount and are just dying for something to laugh at. I think. I think that's about all this is good yeah. for. Yeah, I thought I did something wrong to you guys. The movie, it was, what was it, Resolution and then this one? I'm like, what the fuck have I done to you guys? Nah, it's, it's just the, this is just the way it is, man. This is, these are, we watch horror movies, the new ones especially. So sometimes you get a good one. <laughs> this is insane. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're supposed, I mean, we're, that's like one of the, uh, the ideas with horror movie talk is we review new theatrical releases, but this year we've, skipped over so many of them there's like three out right now that like we haven't got to there's bodies 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 there's a new one called the invitation that i think is in theaters um there's beast which i don't agree that's a horror movie but whatever you can't disagree with it you haven't even seen it i've seen the trailer Uh uh-huh um and it's a monster. It's a monster. You know, I mean, yeah. Is he bussing? It's bussing. He's bussing, bussing. So, anyways, let's move on to taglines. Taglines. 
I have four, Bryce. You do? You. Oh, yeah, good. Your little, your little cruel little jab at me. All right. Well, All you right. looked like you were panicked. There was panic in your eyes. I, oh, I misinterpreted no, I it. Yeah, it's all that's all that's just normal everyday background panic. <laughs> that was just a shirt that we didn't I, hear on the I, audio. I actually have COVID right now and um I'm so tired I could die. Uh so <laughs> I have chills. <laughs> so it's a good chance that the panic you're seeing is me worrying about me dying from being tired. Oh, okay. <sighs> well how many do you suck have? it up? I've got three. So why don't you go first? Okay. Orphan, first kill. Who knew parentless children could be so boring? Like, honestly, you'd you'd think an orphan (laughs) would have some sort of interesting story or something, but criminy. God, it's so boring. Uh, Orphan, first kill. More like orphan, first kills... (laughs) <laughs> Mine's is bad. Mine is okay. as bad or worse than that. Go fuck yourself. Who? <laughs> hey, I orphan, stand by it. No orphan first kill. Who exactly was the first kill? It was Dimitri. Okay, so it should be orphan. I don't know. Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> orphan first kill, and then a lot of others. <laughs> uh, okay, or you go orf- ahead. Orphan first kill. Two wrongs don't make a well acclimated child. Uh, orphan first kill. Ten things I hate about dwarves. <laughs> uh, yeah. Orphan first kill. Orphan origins. Okay. And, uh, and here's the final. Uh, orphan first kill. I pray for Russia to invade Estonia next. <laughs> <laughs> That's the winner. All right. So let's uh, move on from that and get into what do we call this? Horror movie horrors? Horrors. Horror movie Hold on. I'm going to have to do some cutting on this. Don't worry about it. Mommy will take care of it. Here we go. Horror movie whores. If you guys want to give us a call at 682-253-4468, you guys can get on this segment of the show. Let us know what you think about what we say. And uh, let us know about the pedo in your life. So here we go. Hey, this is in response to Jessica from Nashville. Um, you had left a message about the movie Seven because you were reviewing some older um, movies. This is Glittercore. Um, by the way, I love your accent. Super cute. Um, but if you're getting desperate, because um, I know you asked for Bryce and David's recommendations, but, you know, um thought you might want a couple more um but if you're getting desperate you could try a couple of great movies i think of when i think of kind of dark hopeless nihilistic horror slash thriller who cares what it is it's just great is um i really like palindromes it's i think 2004 2005 pretty intense 
the tin drum, I believe it was like early 80s. I think it's German. That one's pretty intense. Um, Irreversible, that's French. Early 2000s, I believe. Um, the Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. That's a pretty good one and has Marilyn Manson in it, which I have a weak spot in my heart for that man. Um, yes, I'm a basic bitch like that. Anyway, Night Watch with Ewan McGregor early, no, wait, late 90s. Um, fucking love that movie. Copycat with our lady Sigourney Weaver is a good one. Weekend, which is like an old French movie, is good. Um, Gosh, there's a lot, but I think that is it. But Palindrome fan, that's a good one. Oh, there's another one with, oh, fuck, what is his name? Um, Dang it, I'll think of it and call back. Okay, Jessica, uh, check it out, and if you have any for me, please leave um, the boys a message, and we'll just have them be our middleman. All right, bye. Got a lot of... Thank you, Mommy. Yeah, got a lot of uh, recommendations from Politicore there. Got Palindrome, got, I think she said the Tin Drum, um, and uh, Irreversible. Uh, had uh, The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. She said has Marilyn Manson in it. That was a pretty decent transcript there, so you, you probably know most of what she said, but seems like we're... we're um, being, uh, if I recall, the original question was, I, w- I need some good thrillers. Um, so that's the question she's answering there. And then it looks like the next, next message is a continuation of that. I don't know if you want to play that. Okay, this is Glitter Core again, because every time I listen, I have a gazillion things to say, and then I never call and say anything. So here's kind of a purge of all my juices and thick ropey loads. Um... The Cabin Fever Review. I absolutely cannot believe you guys did not fucking mention the best scene ever. I thought Brian was going to mention it because at one point he said, little spoilers, so I'll save it for the back end. But I don't remember, and I listened to the whole review twice, hoping I didn't miss it, but I didn't. The pegging scene where... The two kids are doing it, and she turns them over and starts fucking them in the ass, and he's like, hell yeah, bitch. That feels amazing. You guys didn't even touch on that. Come on. And then the Listerine poured on the dick, because he's like, ooh, that bitch might have something. Is that a thing? Do you guys really do that? I need to know, because if so, then... Yeah! That's, um... (laughs) Yeah, just tell us. We need to talk about this. Okay, bye. (laughs) <laughs> she, was she asking us if we've ever been pegged before is that what the question was no she, she was like a oh, i think listerine on the on the on the schmeckle yeah oh. the, she was she was upset that we never brought up the pegging quite frankly it's just so normal to me that i didn't even didn't even register uh-huh. as something that needed to be talked about you know i was just mm-hmm. like oh yeah it's a tuesday you know that's just that's just every night so mm-hmm. um that's why i bussin bussin yeah i was bussin um as for the listerine on the dick it do uh i've never i will never pour any sort of alcoholic anything on my ween i just won't do it it's mm. it's, it's it's bad for the skin it makes it wrinkly <laughs> right yeah right 
Okay, thanks, Glittercore. Here is our next caller. Hi, guys. Happy four-year anniversary. I'm so excited <laughs> for you guys. You guys have come a long way. You guys are super cool. Um, Zen of you, too. Had no idea so many feelings would come out from it. I think maybe it was the baby stepping. But I recommend you watch Zen of you 3 because it's even more ridiculous, and I think it's honestly my favorite out of the three. Um, just because it's jail, you know? You know how jail goes, if you've ever been there. Um, what the hell? What the hell? Oh, I just saw that you guys released Prey, and I'm super excited because, I'm sorry, David, I'm not perfect. I have never seen any of the Predator movies whatsoever. I'm a huge Alien fan, so I am a closeted nerd for Alien theories and whatnot. But I just, I've never been able to get into the Predator movie series. Um, so now that this came out, I'm definitely going to go watch it before I listen to your show and see how I think it goes. Any recommendation? Do, we, do you just watch the Predators in order that they come out? Which one should I avoid? Let me know. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, in my opinion, you watch Predator in, in the order of release. And totally skip AVP. All of the, the both AVPs, no go. Yeah, I mean, Predator seems like it's not nearly um, the series that Alien is. Like, Alien, Alien has been pretty consistent in, like, kind of blockbuster releases. Even the bad Alien movies have, like, gotten decent amount of attention and respect. Like... But Predator is basically like Predator 1 and then lots of attempts at reboots. No, Predator 2 isn't isn't a reboot. And I mean, none of them are, are reboots. Um, the, the, the Actually, I the, it's funny you ask. This week I went back and watched Predators um, 2010, I think, with mm-hmm. um, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Brody. And uh, had a great time with the uh, the feral predators in that one too. So, um, yeah, it's and then and then the predator from 2018 is pretty good too. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It is just a f- mm-hmm. just a fun movie. So I don't know. Yeah, we reviewed that one. Yeah. Remember? Yes. Remember we reviewed that one. I do remember. Okay. Next message. Hello, Julia. Hey, guys. Corey from Columbus, Ohio. Love the podcast. Um, I actually turned it off the first time I listened because I started on the mist, and uh, Bryce kept doing his mist puns or play on words. I don't remember what a pun is or play on words. But, yeah, after, like, the fifth one, I was like, I can't do this shit. Turned it off. Came back to it a month later. Now you guys are probably one of my top – probably my top two horror – uh, movie podcast so yeah keep up the good work and stay awesome it's pun free now yeah how about how dare you make fun i'm so proud of that introduction for the mist i went back and listened to it i'm like oh yeah i mean if you can't appreciate the comic genius you gotta love a good pun like, come on anyways he opened um, with hello julia good morning julia <laughs> good morning julia no, we got a YMH fan in the house. 
so yeah, I appreciate that you gave us a second chance. Um, yeah, we're not we're not for everyone. Yeah, if you if you want to give us uh, more than that, you can give us a nice review. Tell everybody on iTunes or Apple Podcasts how how awesome we are because that helps us out a lot, and we appreciate it. Oh <laughs> yeah. Just... Well, that was coming in hot. Yeah. Hot. All right, next caller. Hey, it's me again. So I realized I've never introduced myself, and now I'm like, that's kind of fucking awkward, you know. So my name is Ruby. Um. Anyways, so I finished watching Prey, and then I came and finished listening to the podcast, and holy shit, it's a really good fucking movie. And so, um, some things I found out about it is like it's like Prey was like the most watched film premiere in like Disney Plus and Hulu in like of all time. I think I don't remember if I read it correctly. So I think their marketing worked really well instead of coming it out on movie theater. But I would have loved to watch it in the movie theater. Um, it's a it's fucking phenomenal movie. So much that you know I'm gonna go watch the first Predator. I'm inspired. Um. I'll let you guys know how it goes, but it was pretty good. David, you were so cute in this episode. You're just like a little, like, five-year-old kid. Like, oh, my God. So, yeah, thanks, guys. This was fucking cool. Um, I especially love the director since he did direct parts of The Boys and, you know, Cloverfield. So he's really talented. I think he also directed something in Black Mirror, which is a really good fucked-up show. Anyways, loved it. I think this is one of my top five movies of the year so yeah great thanks for reviewing bye yeah we got a couple messages um or a couple comments about how i was freaking out on the prey episode so i went back and listened to the prey episode and i was like oh (laughs) i am really yeah it's a it's yeah, it's just me going like, it's so awesome. Oh, man, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, though, um, dude, maybe I'm just used to it. I have a callus because I have a buddy in England. You think that you are a Predator fan. And maybe you did go a little hard with Predator. But listen, your enthusiasm, I think, is well-deserved because that's a franchise and those are a run of movies that deserve it. But my buddy, he's got fucking predator tattoos predator socks like he tries to match every, this dude is next level signed posters yeah there's like a you know how you know how you see um a lot of military guys with the punisher sticker and like the punisher <laughs> tattoo like there is yeah. a very similar but separate lane of individuals for predator like it's it's pretty it's weird yeah there's some weirdos and i think carl weathers look better sorry arnold but if you want to go blow for blow carl's weathers body is fucking god damn dang that's a bold that's a bold statement i don't know that anybody dude you gotta go back he must have worked his fucking ass off for that movie to look like that because carl weathers isn't really known for i mean maybe he is he was a bodybuilder but holy fuck dude i don't know if i had to put him in a line arnold you lose bud oof out tell me what you want me to fuck (laughs) (laughs) um okay Okay, let's do like let's do like two let's or do, three let's more. Let's do and then to fifteen. What? Hmm? Oh, I was gonna go. I was gonna go to August fifteenth. 
because that's half the month. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's next caller. Hey, what's going on, guys? I just got done listening to uh, your Prey movie podcast. This is Missouri Ron calling up from the West. Short. But uh, I heard David talk about how Predator is very easy to drop into other properties, and that's why you see a lot of AVP, AV, whatever, Predator movies. But yeah, did you know that the Predator actually fought Batman in a comic book? Yeah. I own that comic so, based off of that question, what type of horror movie franchises would you like to see go head to head, similar to like Jason versus Freddy? In my personal opinion, I think it's a three way, which is more or so a sequel Jason versus Freddy versus Ash. I think that'd be a great one. Y'all should give us what you guys think. Give us a call back at Missouri Ron. Missouri Ron. I'm in love with Missouri Ron. Yeah. Yeah, good accent. I know what mine is right off the top. Orphan fucking bitch versus Chucky. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Yeah, he's right. Um, Predator fought Batman in a very fucking terrible comic um, that uh, it was like a two comic run or something like that. Um, and the cover was drawn by, of all people, Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy. Um, and I own it, and it's terrible. It is bad, bad, bad early 90s garbage comic book. But, um, yeah, what was his question about who we want to verse? Just like horror movie people yeah, against horror, horror movie versus movies. Well, let's hmm. see here. I want somebody to kill Mike Myers um, because he seems unkillable, right? Um, and yeah, his years in SNL sucked ass. Yeah, Mike Myers. My apologies. Sorry, How sorry. How dare sorry. you? I'm just kidding. Come on. Um, so I don't know. I guess Jason versus Michael would be a pretty good, you know, showdown. Don't you? That seems like a battle of Titans. A lot of stabbing. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd extend uh farts idea and just go like orphan versus Chucky versus Macaulay Culkin from the good son versus <laughs> the prodigy kid versus like every small little little evil kid like um Damien or da- is that right from the omen anyways yeah all the little mm-hmm. kids just in a battle royale Ooh, boy you threw Damien in there all of a sudden it went from being for sure Chucky like I was like oh yeah Chucky's going to win this no problem uh-huh. to then Damien immediately it's <laughs> <Just> like oh <laughs> okay we got critters versus gremlins versus the ghoulies there oh, you go yeah. Ooh. Let me think here. I think I think if you're if you're looking at I think Critters wins that one. Yeah, I think I think if you're really being honest Cuz they can make a ball. I think if you're being honest, Critters are just a nightmarish thing to have to deal with compared to Gremlins and Ghoulies. Right. <laughs> ghoulies are cute, but they are they'll come in your toilet and bite your tushy. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I want to see is Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't even done yeah, that. Oh wait, have they? Yeah, they have. <laughs> yeah, I've missed that it one. A, it was like the biggest uh, blockbuster ever last year. I think it was yeah. like, yeah. Okay, next caller. Hey, Robert the Farter. So, in response to David saying that he kind of wanted me to be on the show, it would be an honor to be reviewing movies with you guys. Anyways, 
I love you guys. Always excited for a new episode to come out. See ya. <laughs> Yay! You better be farting, buddy. If you got that guy on, he better be fucking come out guns up, tooting, but tooting all day. Yeah. I, now that we have this, uh, now that we have this software, I think that's actually very doable. It's true. Yeah, I, I mean, it was doable before. Well, yeah, but now it's easier. We could have. I, I think we can have up to twelve people on here. Maybe I shouldn't advertise that, but that sounds horrible. That would be. It's, it's been okay. Now this is the the next two. This is big news for horror movie talk, and this that's like why we're we're gonna cut it off here because I don't think anyone can pay attention to any other caller after this special caller um, that left two voicemails. Here we go. Yeah. It's your boy Bugsy, Bugsy Seagull, second hand from Tampa. I know it's been a while since I've called you whores, but um, I just wanted to say, man, I really missed you guys. I love you guys. Um, you know, all the viewers probably don't, you know, know what happened, but um, I really appreciate, you know, helping me in the way that you did. And um, I'm in such a better place now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of days I wouldn't have gotten through if it wasn't for you guys and the stuff that I listened to in your show. And, you know, obviously making my song, putting it at the end was an honor, but it feels so good, you know, it's not closure, but it's more of like, you know, reopening. Um, I'm excited to be back. You'll hear a lot more from me. And um, I'm excited for things moving forward. Um, obviously excited for Halloween ends. Just uh, watched Leprechaun 1 through 4 with my mom, etc. But I'm going to keep it to a minute. I'm going to sum it up. Just wanted to let you guys know I love you. And um, I'm very happy to be back at HMT. Horror Movie Talk. Bryce and David Doobie Day. Let's go. I'll play the next one too, just a second. That's, so that's Bugsy coming back. Um, he wasn't around for a little while. Yeah, we we had we had a thing happen, and I'm sure I'm glad to have him back. Let's. What's this next one? It's your boy Bugsy, Bugsy Siegel, and I'm calling you for my first review in a while. And um, this is for that uh that prey movie. And yeah, we I know that they're French fur stealers or whatever fur snatchers. That sounds sexual, but um, yeah, still pretty much white man bad. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. And um, also on top of this, like, okay, the predator is chasing this chick, chasing her friend, whatever, and she gets snagged in a bear trap. Her ass gets snagged in a bear trap, like dude on South Park episode when he doesn't like his stepdad, doesn't want to get firewood. Anyways, she gets snagged in a damn bear trap, and instead of bleeding out, I mean, back then, if you got diarrhea, it was the end of your life. You were fucking a goner. You were dead. This bitch basically got her leg cut off. She got impaled by a fucking bear trap. No tetanus, no, no rust, nothing. Then she's put into a fucking cage. She didn't bleed out, no alcohol, no, <laughs> what, what did she put on that? But then, like, the worst part is, this bitch didn't have any martial arts training. Uh, oh, okay, she's Indian, she's an Indian. Okay, so I'm guessing, I mean, dude, that's more racist. That's so fucking stereotypical. Every goddamn Indian knows Kung Fu. I thought that was a Japan or Chinese thing. But my point being, this bitch should have been on one leg on crutches in the emergency room going into shock, not doing fucking Mortal Kombat moves and somersaults and basically snapping the goddamn Predator's neck. And also, when she put that fucking... How did she know the Predator was going to fucking levitate back out of that goddamn mud puddle and she sat that shit perfectly where it's fucking... Oh, man. Fuck that movie. Dude, we've watched 320 movies, and guess what? That movie's at the very bottom of our list. Anyways, 
Much love, HMT, Bryson, David, Doobie Day. It's your boy Bugsy. I'm happy to be back. I'm bringing the energy. Let's go. <laughs> I like the contrast. Freak. I like the contrast between the call one and call two. Just like, you know, Bugsy coming back and being like, I don't know if I want to say contrite, but like humbled. Just like, you know, it's been a long time. We had a had a rough relationship. The second call, he's like a hundred percent Bugsy in the second call. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I can't remember when it happened. It seemed like about eight months ago, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe or so. Yeah, well, there's a little, little falling out. Um, I, I accidentally, I think I said the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it, I think I, I hurt his feelings, and um, I'm, I didn't mean to, uh, but. I'm glad he's back. I think it was just a misunderstanding. I thought it was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like sounds like it might have been. So I'm happy to have Bugsy calling back into the show and sending us um, 35 messages on Instagram per day. <laughs> <laughs> Is he bussing? He's bussing, bussing. <laughs> yeah, Bugsy, we're, we're happy to have him back. Um, I feel there was something missing. There was a Bugsy-shaped hole in the heart of horror movie talk in our instagram Um, inbox (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think uh yeah i mean from from what it sounds like it sounds like he was kind of in a bad place which kind of makes sense because like it it was very much like him removing himself from us not the other way around yeah Uh, yeah. but we we love bugsy and we're glad you're back and uh strong opinions about prey like that's the first like one where it's just truly thinks that prey was trash yeah um yeah that's the first i've heard that and it's a strong take mm-hmm. well what are you gonna do um <laughs> i'm see this is what happens when we record in the afternoon to evening i'm just like i can't think anymore so yeah. i'm out of thoughts i mean yeah I think- she did place the helmet quite perfectly you know that is, uh, you know, but that's fucking movie. That's Hollywood shit, right? They gotta, they gotta end it at some point. Yeah, he's like, she didn't get tetanus, and it's like, well, it takes weeks for that to set in, you know. Oh yeah, locked jaw <laughs> after a couple weeks. Um. So yeah, that's, maybe in the sequel. That's our episode for Orphan First Kill. But uh, look forward to uh, our new, the new reality of of uh, horror movie talk where we got a. Cause I'm an island boy and I've been trying to make. Oh, I'm an island boy. And uh, and I'm still here, here in the uh, the trash heap of the Portland metro area. <laughs> Does it feel that way now? Hmm. <laughs> Well, it feels that way without you, David. Feels like all all the joy has left Vancouver. Uh, no, it's just it's fine. It is what it is. I'm not going to Portland anytime soon, though. Well, you're gonna have to come up and uh, and visit uh, up here. We um, we figured out that Costco delivers, so we're never leaving the island ever. <laughs> nice. Was that the only reason? Yeah, pretty much. That's it's the only reason to leave. And today we just put in a big fucking costco order and shit's coming in a day 
Got it. 30 packs of Gushers, gallon of mayo. Yeah, we spent $700 on Gushers. Dude, now you're talking my language. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please share the podcast with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Thank you, Mommy. And check out Fart Simpson on Instagram at Fart Simpson Prank Calls. Yep. That's private. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.